you are unique. I mean, there's no one quite like you. No one has the same fingerprints that you do. No one has the same retina layout. No one has the same face, the same DNA. I mean, well, our gene sequence might be the same, but the messages encoded in that sequence are quite different. They are unique. Even in identical twins, there's usually some sort of tell. There's usually some sort of uh, distinguishing characteristic that, uh, that a parent, that a, a close friend can use to spot the difference. But we are all one of a kind. One of one. Yes, we are all based off the same image. And so we wonder, how can that be? If we're all based off the same image, uh, uh, how is it that, that we can look so different? I wonder, it's probably uh, like the story you've heard about the blind men who got to meet an elephant. Yeah, the, the, and several of them come up and they, and they, 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 they're around the elephant. And the first one uh, reaches out and, and touches the elephant's trunk. And the, he's like, an elephant is like a thick snake. And it's, it's long, it's, it's, it's tubular in shape, and it's muscular. And the one goes, no, 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 no. It, it's like a, a fan. He's feeling the, the, the ear, and the ear is flopping. It's like, it's like a big fan that you might use to, to, to you know, you, you, you're there sitting on you know, in your, your beach chair in the summer, and, and your children are there waving you with the palm branch, right? It's like a big fan, and you're just saying, enjoy. It's like, no one feels its, its tail. It's like, no, no, no. Snake, uh, the, the elephant is like a rope. It's like a rope. It's like it's, it's long. It's thin. Now another one reaches out and touches its uh, its leg. And no, no. It's like a tree trunk. It's round. It's strong. It's like a pillar. Another one touches its side. It's like no. An elephant's like a wall. It's a wall. It's big. It's massive. It's strong. It can't be moved. Finally, finally another one touch, reaches out and touches its tusk. And it's like no. An elephant is like a spear. It's long, it's hard, it's got a point, it's sharp. Which of them was right? All of them and none of them. Because an elephant isn't just one of those things, it's all those things combined together. We are all formed in the image of God. Yet we are not all the same color. We're not the same height. We're not the same weight. We're not the same shape. We don't have the same hair color. We don't have the same eye color. We don't have the same hair thickness. God made some perfect heads, and on other heads, he put hair. And so, uh, we're all based off the same image, yet we are not all the same. Neither do we have all the same strengths and weaknesses. Some of us can play play an instrument, and some of us can barely play the radio, right? Uh, Some of us can sing beautifully, and some of us just do our best. Amen. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. For all of us joyful noisemakers, we're right here, right? I mean, God loves us too. (laughs) There's some who are good at athletics and some who are good at art. Which which, Which of us best reflects who God is? Yes. Because God is not just one of those things. He's all of those things. And so in our culture, though, there, we place, there's this high value on living an authentic life, living your truth. And it's best described in uh, the, the, the first of our church's core values. 
With him, as, we're, as we laid these out, we wanted to get back to basics. And so at the beginning of the school year, we go back and we start learning our ABCs. And so each week, we're going to have an A, we're going to have a B, then we're going to have a C, and then for good measure, we're going to throw in a D. And today, we talk about acting authentically. Acting authentically. We want to, we want to, we want to be a people who act authentically. We, we want to live our truth. We want to live uh, who we are. And we believe that scripture teaches that we are all unique individuals who have unique giftings, who have unique abilities, who have unique preferences. We are not all the same. We don't have all, we don't all look alike. We don't all do the same things. We don't all have the same preferences. You know, my authentic self will look different from your authentic self. It's what makes the mosaic tapestry of God's kingdom so beautiful. Because we all bring our own strengths and weaknesses. We all bring our own con- unique contributions to the whole. That's why contrasting flavors can be so good together. Sweet and sour. Sweet and savory. It's like all these different, it's like all the different spices and spaghetti sauce or, or good barbecue. There's a little bit of heat and a little bit of sweet. And when you look about, you, you can start picking out, okay, there's the sweet ones, right? There's the sour ones. There's, there's the spicy ones. <laughs> and, and so we, we begin to look and we can see the, this is who we are. And we blend it all together and it's beautiful. When the church lives like this, when we live in this kind of community, the community at large gets to see a full picture of what God is like. And so we begin to think, how do we act authentically? Let's look at scripture as our guide. If you would turn with me to Psalm 139. This is one of my favorite Psalms. I, I love uh, coming to and, and, and seeing what David wrote. It, it's, it's beautiful. because It highlights and contributes to the biblical argument of the sanctity of life, how we are each uniquely made. It's imagery is beautiful. It's description of, uh, of God and his knowledge of us is simply amazing. Uh, when we, uh, David did such an amazing job of as he, as he wrote this out and he began to just pour out his heart of praise for how God has wired us, how God has made us, how God has made us each unique and how he's known us from the beginning of time. That he knew each of our days before even one of them came to be. He, he lays out God's presence and his foreknowledge in our life and his creating and knowing us that, that God knows us better than we even know ourselves. God fits us and he knits us into his family. <clears throat> his knowing that our mistake, his knowing our mistakes, our, our mistakes are not secret to him. He's not shocked. He's not, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, taken back by those times when we are wrong. <clears throat> See, in his love, he took his time to make us special and unique. And as we think about this value of act authentically, let's listen to the words of David. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will, will hide me and the light becomes, and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They, they speak of you with, Ill intent, with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not... Hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David begins to pour out his heart to God and he uses, he starts off this Psalm with two significant words. He says, you have searched me and you know me. You have searched me and you know me. That word for search is, is like an investigation. It's like hunting. It's like, it's like looking down in the details, trying to find, find the the, the smallest bit of minutia to, to, to understand. And and so he says, God, God, you've searched me out. You know, all the facts you've plumbed the depths. He's come to an accurate conclusion of who we are. He knows all that there is to know. And David begins to talk about the intricacies of, of our day. He knows when we get up, He knows when we rise. He knows what we do each day. He knows where our steps will lead. And he sees us as we go along our way. There's nothing that we do that is hidden from God. He says, you search me and you know me. You know all the details. You know all there is to know about me. Our thoughts. In fact, he can even complete our sentences before we even begin them. David talks about. God's uh, omnipresence. He says, where can I go from your presence? Yeah, I can go to the heights. I can go to the highest heights. You're there. If I go to the deepest depths, the darkest places, you're there. Wherever I go, I'm going to go to where the sun rises. You're there. If I go to where the sun sets, you're there as well. Wherever I go, your presence is there. Even Wherever we are in those darkest moments, in those darkest times when we feel all alone, we are not alone because God is with us. Wherever we go, it seems dark, God brings the light. We can't escape God. He sees, he knows everything. Whether it's good or bad, nothing is hidden from him. He is present with us. We're never alone. And there's, 
this phrase, your right hand holds me fast. Now, not to offend our left-handers in here, but in ancient writing, the right hand was the hand of power, the hand of protection. So when David says, your right hand holds me fast, means nothing's going to take us away from him. We are protected. We are, he, he protects us. He comforts us. He fights for us with his powerful right arm. In your right hand, you hold me fast. So if we feel like we're all alone, if we feel like we are just hanging from the edge of the, 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 the bottom of the rope, edge of the cliff, there we are. His hand is around us. He will not let us go. It's there for strength, protection, and for comfort. Now here is where we're going to get into the heart of what we're talking about today. All that's just kind of preamble, kind of setting us up. This is the God who worshiped, who we worship. There's a God who created us. And now how did he create us? David says, you created me in my inmost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. During the pandemic, many people picked up old hobbies. Uh, there's this group of hobbies. I didn't know about the, 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 it was called this, but there's a group of hobbies called grandma hobbies. Have you heard these? Yeah. And, and, and many non-grandmas started picking up grandma hobbies, like, like sourdough, making sourdough bread all the time. And so we made a lot of sourdough bread in our house. Uh, and not only that, but like also knitting and crocheting. And so we now have a, a, a plethora of, of, of crocheted blankets and, and gloves and, and stuffed animals that, 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 that are, I, th- I think we now even have a, a crocheted hat, you know, like those little uh, winter toboggan beanie type things. So, uh, we, we, maybe you found yourself doing the same thing, picking up some of these old, some of these old uh, hobbies, but each one of them is unique, unique colors, unique, unique stitches, unique designs. And we are all unique. We were each individually knit together, just like those different creations in our house. During this time, I thought it was called a roll of yarn. I've since been corrected. The proper term is a skein of yarn. So there you go. If you, if you were wondering, one of those logs of yarn, it's called a skein. So, you know, there you go. Don't, don't, don't be uninformed like I was. And from these skeins, we've knit together, well, not we, others in my house have created some beautiful things. God, not using yarn, but using the dust of the earth, created us, knit us together. Each one of us is unique. We are handmade. God knit us and fashioned us together after his own image. See, in the creation account of Genesis 1, God comes to day six. He has created light and darkness. He's created water and land. He's created the stars of the sky. He's created animals. He's created plants. He's created everything, but something was still missing. And he comes to the, uh, to, to the end of Genesis 1, and the, the God and the Father, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they get together and they like, let us make man in our own image. Let us make man in our own image. There was something that was missing. And so he decided to make man. 
That word image refers to the representation, refers to a likeness. And so we have the responsibility of being image bearers of God. We have the responsibility of being image bearers of God. So not just, but really, not just those of us who call ourselves believers, not just those who, who walk in step with Jesus, not those who, who say we are Christians or Christ followers, but every human on the earth has the responsibility of being an image bearer of God. And so this is where we establish what we mean by authentic. See, our culture says, live your truth. Because says, be whoever you are meant to be. And this has led to gender dysmorphia. It's led to questions and legitimacy of attraction. It's led to displays of affection that are neither right nor appropriate in public or private. It's led to the fulfillment of drives and urges that are not healthy or beneficial. So when we say act authentically, it's because we are image bearers of God. And so that is our base. That is our foundation. We, we can't, those, those things cannot include thoughts or actions that are sin. See, God, God's image in us is perfect. It's the ideal. It's, it's, it's that, that's what we seek. But we mar and we disfigure and we hide and we cloak and we, we disfigure that image of, in, within us with the sin in our life. So through the spirit of God, in us, he restores that image to its proper state. And it's a continual process. We, we, we don't ever quite get there on this side of heaven. It happens through growth. It happens through discipleship. So when we say act authentically, it cannot be, it can never advance sin. It can never advance things that are against the will of God. Because it cannot advance what does not reflect the original image. Remember a few weeks back, we were in John 15 and we talked about staying connected to the vine. We have to, the branches, the branches job is to bear fruit. And the only way it can bear fruit is if it stays connected to the vine. The only way we can stay connected to the vine is by, 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 by reflecting the gardener's image, by doing what the gardener wants. Cause it's, it's only through stay, that connection to the vine that we will bear fruit to his glory. And we cannot do that if we're trying to advance sin. If the gardener, if the vine dresser wants grapes and we're trying to produce oranges, we will be cast out. We can't say, this is my truth, this is what I want. We must reflect the original image in us. We bear fruit when we reflect the gardener's intention and his design. And so out of that, David takes this moment to reflect and to worship and to honor and to, to, to give glory to God. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, we are a masterpiece of God's design. We are a masterpiece of his creation. It's like seeing a piece of art for the first time that just takes your breath away. Hearing an instrumentalist or a vocalist sing a song that just brings you to tears. See, we were watching a, maybe even watching a world-class athlete do some amazing feat. The beauty of a sunset, the grandeur of creation. When we experience it, all we can say is, wow, wow. And David looks at how God has made him 
how God has made us. And he steps back and just says, wow. We begin to think about how, this is even long before we understood how the different systems of the body work together. How, 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 how they all begin to, to, you know, if one part of the body is ill, the whole thing gets ill. He, 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 David doesn't understand the body like we understand the body now. And he just steps back and just says, wow, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully. You have put me together in such an amazing way. He was, he, he, you, you saw the creation of my body from the very beginning. Nothing was hidden from you. Nothing was secret from you. You saw from start to finish. You know everything. Not just my body. You also know all my days. Even as my body was being formed, you saw the entire arc of my life from beginning to end. Not just me, but you and you and you. Everybody, God knows all of our stories from the very beginning to the very end, how we were born, how we will live, how and where and when we will die. And God knows it all. And we, we begin to think, you know, how, how does God orchestrate? How, how does God put all that together? How does God hold all those things? Some people say, well, well, well God charts our days and he's, he, 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 show, he, he decides what we will do each and every day. But I don't think that's quite how it is. Because if that's the case, then we're just all robots just kind of going through the motions. I believe God gives us this free will to make those choices. So what God does is he knows all those choices that we are going to make. That just blows our mind, right? Because, you know, it's hard enough deciding and remembering for us what we're going to do. God has done that for everybody who's ever lived throughout all history and into the future. Right? Some might say God chose those who would choose him, but I don't think that's the case. I think God determined the process by which one chooses a relationship with him and the ones who make those choices. He knows the ones who will choose to follow him, who will choose to find and accept his grace and forgiveness. There's some talking about David kind of gets a little angsty, right? Talk about his enemies coming against him and, 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 and God fight them off for me. So I want to kind of fast forward to the end. We get to the end of the psalm and David wraps up the psalm by bringing it back to the beginning. Did you notice that? There's some words at the end that sound a whole like the words at the beginning. And David ends, he goes, he goes, search me, God, and know my heart. There's those words, search and know. Search and know. So, so God, you've made me, you've formed me. And, and then you have, uh, here, here's these enemies, here's these trials. And so maybe David say, hey, I'm going through these difficult things. Is my heart in the right place? Maybe, maybe this difficult season, this difficult time I'm going through is my fault. Maybe I've made a bad choice. Maybe I've uh, uh, done wrong to someone. Search me, God. Did, did, do I need to correct my steps? Know my heart. Was I doing my best? Was I doing what would be right and glorifying to you? Search me and know me. It has this feeling of testing. See, God gives us all the freedom to behave however we want. And so people can claim they are acting authentically, but sometimes when they say that they're acting authentically, they really just use it as license for sin. I'm just being who God has made me to be. 
But God can never make us to be something that advances sin. We want to be a people who act authentically according to God's original design. So our prayer today is that God would search us, that he would know us. Since we think about how we function as a church, as believers, this is where we help people find new life in Jesus. Search our heart. We, 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 we search our life and when we see sin, we, we have to face that with repentance. We, we cannot both advance sin and advance the cause of Christ at the same time. We have to choose. So we must repent from our sinful ways. We must search and know our heart. It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's an offensive way in me. That's not offensive to others. It's God, am I, is, my, is my way offending you? Is my way, are my actions offending you? If they are offending you, set me on a new path. Help me to repent. Help me to change my course. Help me to change my direction. Search me, test me, know me. When we help people find new life in Jesus, their sin has left its mark on his image, it distorts their visions, distorts their views. What they need is the spirit of God to indwell them. And as he does so, he begins to restore us to God's original image. The theological term for that is sanctification. It is this process by which we are remade. Our thoughts are changed. In practical terms, it is God producing his holiness in us. This this does not mean that we have to give up everything that we're good at. Oh, I was good at this, but now that I'm a Christian, I can't do that. That doesn't mean we have to give up what we do. It may just change how we do it. It may change some specific applications to how we do those things. But we can be authentically us, just have our passions and abilities redirected in a way that more honors God. The, the way I often describe this is that God has given us a big backyard, right? We are members of God's house. He is the father. And he's like, go and play, go and play. And there's this huge yard where everything is good, but not everything is good, right? We know that not everything is good in life. So what does God do? God has, has put a fence up. That fence isn't because he dislikes us. That fence isn't restrictive. That fence isn't to, to keep us from things that, that, that we, 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 we should go for. That, that, those, that fence is a loving boundary, right? You know? You know some people have the, like the invisible fence for their dog. They don't want their dog running to their neighbor's yard. They don't want their dog running into the street. Sometimes when your kids are younger, don't you wish you had like the invisible fence for them? They're running to the, you know, toddler running free. No, right? That's awful. That's <laughs> not in the notes, just jumped in the head. Maybe if you just kept there, but if you're a parent, you've been there, right? You're like, no, no, stop. And God puts that fence there for our protection. Cause to go beyond that boundary is going to be destructive to us. And David knows he's gone beyond the boundary. Maybe he's gone beyond the boundary in war. We, he, he writes about going beyond the boundary in his relationships. He's like, God, search my heart. Search me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my thoughts. Is there any way that is offensive to you in my 
being removed that. Because God, I want to live authentically for you. God doesn't limit our authenticity. He gives us boundaries that are for our good and for his glory. And so as believers, we want God to search us out. We want to remove those offensive ways in us. Because our greatest desire is that we would walk in his way. That way everlasting, that way that leads us closer to him. Psalm begins and ends the same way with God examining us. We see it in the middle that God knew all about us before one day came to be. He knows how we are wired. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our temptations. Where we are strong. And all of that, he's also given us the spirit to negotiate the path to life. So my challenge this week, challenge for you this week is to think about your strengths and your abilities and consider how you might use them for his glory. Uh, What are your strengths? How has God wired you together? How has God made you? And how might you use them for the glory of God? See, this is how we begin to act authentically, to allow the Spirit of God to do His work in us. And we begin to put in motion what God began began in us before we were even born. What He started long ago can now bear fruit as we live out our faith in Him. As we begin to live out the reality of our truth. Who we are, who God has made us to be. That is how we act authentically. It's not just a free-for-all, it becomes license for sin. It's honed and harnessed and redirected to the power of the Spirit of God in us so that we may bear fruit for His glory. That, that path, that path to, to life everlasting starts by accepting Jesus as your Savior, by repenting of your sin, by turning from your past and walking into His grace and forgiveness, letting Him take up residence in your life through His Spirit. Have him continually uh, change and redirect and re- remake you from the inside out. The lookout, many of us are already believers. We've been walking with, with God for years. We've been walking with Jesus. And, but, 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 but sometimes we still need to take a new step into acting authentically. It's this continual process, right? None of us has yet arrived. And so how do we, uh, how can we do that? What's a step that we can take? And maybe it's finding a way to use your gifts and abilities to participate in the ministry of the church here, both here at CCH and in the community abroad, that that we can begin to advance the mission of Jesus by the way that he has wired us together, the way he's wired us up, the strengths and abilities he's given each and every one of us. Maybe it's to begin to share your story, to begin to tell others how how God has changed you, how through, through his son Jesus, he has saved you, and he set you on a new path. It might even be, to display the generosity of God by giving regularly, by trusting God with 10% of your income, by giving, by returning to him just a portion of what he's blessed you with. Can we be a more generous people? So whatever next step you need to take today, you can let us know by filling out the connection card at cchmd.com slash connect. You can fill that out. You can hit one of those checkboxes and we will follow up with you and we'll, we'll help you as you begin to take your next steps in faith. If you want to talk to someone today, I'll be in the back after the service. Maybe you need someone to pray with you. Someone to maybe help walk you through what that next step might look like. I'll be in the back. Our leader, some of our leaders will be in the back as well.
And we would love to talk with you today about how you can take your next step in faith. See, we want to be a community defined by authenticity. The more we act authentically and step with the Holy Spirit, the greater the fruit we can produce for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for today and the opportunity we have to come before you. Father, to, to think about how we might live for you, how we might live out who we are, how we might be more of who you've made us to be. Father, I thank you that you have given us your son, Jesus, and that through him we have uh, access to new life. We have access to your spirit. We have access to uh, who you desire us to be. That, Father, we can act authentically and glorify you at the same time. Father, help us to find that truth. Help us to live out that truth. Help us to be more of who Jesus desires us to be. Father, search us today. Know our hearts and help us be more like you. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus and the hope we have because of his life and death and resurrection. Father, be prepared to celebrate that now. Father, you help continue to bring about your life in us. It's in Jesus' name I pray.